This is Let's Get Real with your realtor hosts, Mallory Myers and Rob Calabro, talking real life and real estate. All right. Welcome in from the Buckeye State to the Sunshine State. This is Let's Get Real. How you doing, Mallory? Hey, Rob. How are you? I am awesome. It's been a little while since we got a recording in, so I'm yeah. really excited. Um, Me too. So uh, today, I know we got a couple of good topics. Uh, we are going to talk a lot about where the market is today, what you and I are seeing, and what we might be forecasting for the next few months. Um, I know that we have a really interesting situation or scenario that you and I were talking about beforehand um, with uh, uh, how to market a listing that is maybe not in top condition that Mm -hmm. needs some updates, that needs some repairs, some different strategies for that. Um, And then we're going to talk a little bit about the agent perspective of this market that we're kind of heading into, which I don't want to scare people. It's not that big of a deal, but you know, the market is shifting a little bit because Mm -hmm. of how high rates have gotten. Right. Um, so that is the outline for today's show. But lots first, of lots of good stuff. But uh, first, let's just talk about what's going on in your life. I know you got a new dog, which is exciting. Oh, I did. She's so cute. She's sleeping right now with her back, with her belly up, and like this. And nice. You know, she's about ten weeks, so she's so freaking cute. And um, her and Sarah are. Um, doing a really good job of getting together and playing very, really well. And um, sorry, I just got a call, of course, in the middle of this. <laughs> and now my screen is all weird. Um, but yeah, so there she's doing really well. She's super, super smart. She's already learned to sit. You know, I've had her for three to four days and she's already learned to sit. She already knows where nice. the puppy pads are. She sleeps pretty good through the night. Um, she's really good at you know, alerting me when she has to go potty. So she's a really, really good girl. And um, I'm really excited. I've never had a puppy before. Um, So it's an adjustment. I'm Mm -hmm. definitely adjusting, which I knew. And that's what I, you know, I realized I can take it on. I've got, I work mostly from home outside of appointments. I have time to train. Um, It keeps me from getting in trouble outside of the house. So (laughs) I spend less money. I'm not going out as much, which I like. So are you going to do the training yourself? Are you going to take her to a place to do training or do you have you got a book or something? What's your plan? So I am going to, I'm just going to train her myself. Um, I'm making sure that she is, you know, lightly patted on the bum if she does something she shouldn't Mm -hmm. and, you know, reward her with treats when she does a really good job. And um, I'll try and get her to walk with me often so she can learn how to walk um, on a leash and, Mm -hmm. Um, I think she's a lab, so she's going to be a super smart dog. Um, she already is a smart dog. So I'll probably do as much as I can on my own. And we have YouTube. Like, why yeah. would I pay for training when oh, I can yeah. just learn everything on YouTube? Thank goodness for YouTube. So, yeah, I'll probably just try to do it on my own. And I do have an older dog. She's about five and she's a perfect dog. So hopefully she'll learn a lot from her mm. and um, I won't have any issues, but we'll see. Yeah. You will be fine. Um, I will say it's it's about consistency. There is so yeah. much good stuff on YouTube, but you actually have to do it like every t- every day and make sure your repetitions and stuff. Which yeah, that was probably the mistake that that we made. So we did dog training, like actual to take took them to a place, and it was it worked really well. But after the class is over for six months, if you don't 
continue up with it, you know, they forget. So yeah, yeah, that's true. So are you kind of regretting that now? She kind of no. I mean, now our dogs are mellowed out to the yeah. point where they're. I mean, they're occasionally, you know, a little crazy, but a little crazy, but they're not as not like it used to be. So that's um, good. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, but back to the real estate, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, What are you seeing down there in the Florida market? So it's very interesting. We're seeing a lot of price decreases, a lot of price decreases. And this is because people think that we're still in the spring and early, mm-hmm. early of the year kind of market where they think, oh, well, I know somebody will pay this much. So I'm going to throw it on the market and see. And then nobody pays for it. You're sitting there a whole weekend, six days. Nobody you know, is putting an offer in and sellers are like, in shock because their friend over here sold their home and got 60 K over in cash. And they have one financed offer at list price and they're not happy. Um, so I think it's really interesting how much we're seeing in that, um, and the price decrease world, um, and more inventory. Um, so I think it's a really good time for buyers. We're seeing a lot of, um, a lot less offers per home, Um, A lot more finance offers being accepted. I put two finance buyers under contract last weekend. um, And they are, uh, honestly, one was at list price. We just made our terms really well, like really nice to, you know, for the seller. And then um, the other one was only 5K over asking um, finance. And we also did great terms. So I think that if you have an agent that really knows how to make your finance offer shine, you don't have to go 50 K over. You don't have to have cash to win. Um, so it's just really making sure that your agent knows that the market has shifted. So you're not spending money. You don't have to, right? Because if they don't know it's shifted and they still think it's a spring market, you could be putting an offer in for 40 K over when you don't have to. Right. So it's super Um, interesting right now. What about you? Yeah. I mean, I agree with everything you said. Um, it's, it makes me think like, this is a conversation that I've had many times before about how it's basically what I, what the shift would always be from the spring market into the late summer and fall market here in Columbus, because traditionally the, the market would dip a little bit, demand dips in the fall. And we're not quite in the fall yet, but I'm talking like, late July into August, the market dips a little bit here. And, you know, traditionally we would see this where somebody sees their neighbor sell in the peak of the market in May for a certain price. And then, and then decides that since it's three months later, their house is worth more than that Mm -hmm. and lists it in August for an even higher price. And then that house sits on the market. And that was not uncommon to see. And that was just sort of a, a normal thing. Like you, you, you got to kind of understand the market exactly where we are in the market and um, price it and, and market your properties accordingly. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously we have that plus we have a higher interest rate. Um, So yeah, I see that demand has declined a little bit. I told you the, the story of the the two listings. I had two listings. Um, around the same price, totally different properties. One's in one area, one's in another area of town. And um, the one we, we got one offer right away. 
And um, we decided to hold off on accepting it. And we ended up not getting any more offers. And, you know, it was a situation where we might have, we should have jumped on that because it was a pretty decent offer. The other Mm -hmm. listing, we ended up still getting multiple offers Mm -hmm. um, and ended up getting a much higher sales price than uh, the list price. So two similar price properties in the same area, but a different part, different neighborhoods. And Mm. that goes back to what I was talking about, which is you really need to know the the neighborhood. It's Mm. really property specific right now. Yeah. Um, Certain uh, parts of town and certain styles of property, certain conditions of properties might take a little longer because the demand has dipped farther for those than another area, another type of property. Um, right. So it's something that you want to pay very close attention to um, when you're listing houses or when you're, and like you said, as a buyer um, looking for a property, you know, why overpay if it's not a situation where you need yep. to? Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. It is, it is um, property specific. Absolutely. I mean, condition, um, the actual location of the home and if it's priced right, right. Like, yes, you as an expert could price correctly, but say the seller is like, no, I want to list for this. And you're going to be like, okay, well, we'll see what happens. And the market will tell you what, you know, what it's worth. Yeah. And I mean, you mentioned this, I think uh, a little bit just a minute ago, but to kind of reiterate it, the the market I do see this as a as a prime time for those to jump in the market that have some flexibility. You know, mm. um, don't put yourself because the rates are higher, so it's going to cost you a little bit more. So don't put yourself in a situation where you need to buy in a certain time frame. But mm-hmm. I think now is a great time to be on the market looking because mm-hmm. um, if you if you happen to get one of those situations where the seller has overpriced it or just hasn't. Um, you know, hasn't properly prepared the home for sale and thinks that they can get a certain number, maybe it's an opportunity for you to negotiate and actually get a yeah. better deal than you would have a couple of months ago. Right. Um, so it's a great time to be looking for that property. And I'm not saying that's going to happen for any deal. You know, don't be surprised if you find a great looking house at a good price and it still has tons of interest. Right. That's, that's still going to be very common going forward. Absolutely. But we might find more of those outliers that, that don't sell as quickly um, simply based on the level of demand declining a little bit because people are priced out of the market a little bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I want to touch a little bit on what you mentioned about the interest rates being high. Um, I'm hearing a lot lately of marry the house, date the rate which means if you love a home and you know you can make it work financially in the meantime with the higher interest rate take the chance on it because you can always refinance when the rates drop a little you can always take out the equity and use it to go back into the home or do whatever you need to do um but you know that a house is not worth settling for right so it's going to be mm-hmm. worth it um yeah. if 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 it is a home that you want to be in for 10 years if it is you know everything that your family is looking for um, you know, definitely go after it. If even if it's a starter home, you know, it's building equity. It's building money into your pocket versus your landlord's versus somebody else. It's equity. Um, so if you can make it work financially with the higher interest rate for like a year, two years until we kind of see that rate drop a little bit, 
definitely do it because it will be worth it. Um, you know, you can get your PMI down in that time. You can take out the equity. You can refinance. You you know, you're building yourself wealth by doing that. Um, and it's nothing that is too outrageous. I mean. If you get a new car, if you get a credit card, if you you know finance something else that has a higher interest rate, what is the difference? Right. Um, this is a home. This is where you're building a life for yourself, whether it's temporary or whether it's long-term, definitely still go after it. It's still a really good time to be a buyer. Um, it's never a bad time to be a buyer unless you financially cannot make it work um, because it's building wealth back to yourself. It's just, it's silly not to. Um, if you can make it work. Sure. I mean, and like uh, something you're going to see more often now is, you know, for the last two or three years, four years, maybe, maybe two or three people were not using um, adjustable rate mortgages there. Mm -hmm. Everything was 30 year fixed because that was the best deal. Like, why would you, right. why wouldn't you lock in a two or three or for 30 even years. fours for 30 years. Yeah. But now that the, the rates are up, you know, a little bit higher than that, um, you know, maybe a five to one, seven to one, 10 to one arm that I've even seen uh, lenders out there with like a 15 year. That's a, you know, it's amortized over 30 years, but the yeah. rate is, is it's an adjustable for the first 15 years. I mean, if you're the average homeowner only stays in a property for, I think, I don't know the, 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 the new statistics on this, but I think it was like seven to 10 years or something like that. So yeah, I think that's and, long. I think that's long for here. It is. Well, in my, my, what I see is the first, the first home you buy is typically like a four to six year. Mm -hmm. yep. And then the second home you buy is typically a little bit longer yeah. than that. Right. So my point is, you know, if this is your first property, are you likely going to stay in it for 10 years? Probably not. So you've got some flexibility with what you can do. Maybe you can do an adjustable rate for 10 years and then you can either A, refinance when the rates drop or B, you're going to end up selling it within that 10 years anyways. And, you know, hopefully the market has appreciated and you put yourself in a good position anyways. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I agree. So a uh, good time for buyers to be out searching and it's not to discourage people who, are, who, you know, life happens. There will always be people that need to move for one reason or another. Yep. So um, yeah, if you're, if you're locked into a two and a half percent interest rate on 30 years, it's going to make that decision to sell your house a little bit harder. But I always say this, you can, it's so hard to time the market correct, right. you know, with, with rates and appreciation and pricing. So uh, you have to, to make the decision for what your family needs and just, you know, do the best thing for you based on those needs. Yeah, absolutely. So you're going to see, it's not like you, you might see less sellers out there because of the, that situation, but you're still going to see listings coming on the market um, mm -hmm. and you're still going to see things moving. Um, yeah. So, all right. That is a quick update. Um, yeah. Do you want to move on to the thing we were talking about earlier, um, talking about your possible, your upcoming listing and just sort of that scenario? Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. So to, I guess to outline it a little bit, um, the, the topic is how do you market and how do you approach uh, selling a home differently that is not, you know, move-in ready, you know, 100% ready to go condition? What are the things that you look at um, and, and how do you go about it? So yeah, want to 
talk about it a little bit yeah. as far as explaining the details? Yeah. So in this property, um, it is a two to 10 minutes outside of downtown Tampa. I mean, it is a great location, um, great size home, great lot. Um, definitely in an up and coming area. So it's a really good, you know, marketable, um, home in terms of that. Um, they just put a new roof on, they just, you know, installed a new AC, new water heater, but the inside of the home is in rough condition. I mean, the kitchen is probably 1940s. Um, it's cute, you know, it's definitely cute, but it's also a wreck. Um, and, there's the floors are rotted. There's cracks places. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not great. Um, but that could be great for somebody, right? It could be great for somebody. Right. So in, 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 um, to touch on that, it's, it's not great for somebody who wants to move in ready, but it's great Mm -hmm. for somebody that can see the potential. And I think that is why, um, as an agent, you really have to have vision and you really have to be able to showcase the potential Mm -hmm. of a property, especially if it's not moving ready, especially if it's not renovated, um, in any shape or form, right? Like even if it had a nineties kitchen, it would be way better than the forties kitchen, right? (laughs) Well, maybe I, does it have anything cool? Like, does it have those cool metal cabinets or that like 1940s? It has like a 1940s like stove oven and like, you know, um, it's really, really cute and like antique, but it hasn't been kept up. It's not in great shape. So, you know, if it was usable and if it was like cleaned up and looked really nice, it could be an adorable. Honestly, it could be a super cute Airbnb if they like wanted to make it look really fun and cute. Mm -hmm. So that kind of touches on how you can market it. Right. So like if, if, you know, you know that it needs work. Don't say I've got the perfect, you know, house for you. It's two, two downtown Tampa. And then that's it. Um, because people are going to look at it and be like, who actually need a two bedroom, two bath in downtown yeah. Tampa who can't afford to renovate are going to see it and be like, I can't, this is a waste of my time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's really important because you don't want it to sit on the market for 30 days. You don't want to, you know, the seller has to sell. Um, in this situation, it's a referral from New Jersey and the son needs to get his parents up there. Um, mm. They're old, they're on oxygen, they're not doing well. They're, they're by themselves down here. They've lived in the home for almost 30 years. So they need to be up there pretty quickly. Um, so I know I have to kind of move fast and get creative with my marketing. Um, and fortunately in my network, I know a ton of investors. I know a ton Mm -hmm. of people that like to flip and see opportunities. And so, um, and then I know for them, they probably would prefer an off market deal because they're old. They can't be leaving for showings, you know, a million times. Mm -hmm. So I might try to market it and try to sell it off market if I can, um, just to kind of help them. But in regards, to, I mean, and what sucks because it has a new roof, new AC, new water heater, all those, you know, fancy things. But for somebody who's probably going to have to come and gut the thing, that may not matter. Um, they yeah. may tear it down. They may, because the, the floors are so bad. The walls are so bad. Like they may just say, listen, I'll buy your home for 200 K just for the lot, mm-hmm. you know? Okay. Um, so I think it's an interesting way I can make it, you know, renovate this and make it the cutest Airbnb using the original kitchen. Um, I can market it as an an absolute amazing opportunity and to get a home 10 minutes from downtown Tampa, um, 
for 200,000, right? Mm -hmm. To get to lock down a property for 200,000 that is moving quickly to renovate that whole area. Um, You know, so I think it really is just getting creative, making sure that you promote it as an opportunity for somebody for only 200,000 is a really big deal instead of just saying, oh, it's a two bedroom, two bath house move, you know, it's definitely not moving ready. But like just putting the sign and praying that somebody will like it. Mm -hmm. So I have a couple questions for you. Yeah. Um, it, you kind of answered one, but I wondered, so the, the people are still occupying the home. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there any way they could move out before you put it on the market? So I believe that they can, they'd have to get up to Jersey first. And I mm-hmm. don't think their, their home is ready till August, but I am going to have a conversation with their son today. And just kind of see like, hey, you know, touch base and be like, logistically, would it be easier to sell the home after they're gone, after it's empty? Or do you need the proceeds to Mm -hmm. close? Yeah. Um, Good question to ask. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So in my experience, if you can get them to move out without, you know, it it hurting them, you know, or being too difficult on them, it's going to be easier on them. For sure. But also it's going to make, it's going to get you more money for their house. So if you can get them out and you can get the house cleared out, hire a junk hauling company or, or, you know, let the siblings of the, the son or the family handle that. Yeah, that would be, you know, because there's a couple things then you can do to possibly boost the value a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. Yeah. You can neutralize paint. You can do a deep clean. And, and those things, I know it sounds like work, but those things can take that buyer, some of those buyers from like, a you know, extremely apprehensive to, hey, this is a tackleable job. Right. So Very those, true. those are things you might consider. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, if they can't, if they can't vacate, um, then that, that does make it a little bit of a taller task. Um, but there's still other things you could do. Um, Absolutely. The, the couple of things that we mentioned earlier. So you want to know uh, for investors, things I might recommend looking at would be one, maybe getting some quotes on s- some of the stuff that needs to be done to the house, assuming that it's not a teardown. Let's say that you're yeah. going to renovate it. You know, you can get some ballpark figures and even have stuff in writing for interested buyers. Like here's Very what, good idea. Yeah. Here's what it might cost to do this kitchen. Here's what it might cost to do these floors. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to know your, uh, your ARV, which is what we just talked about after repair value so mm-hmm. that you can market that to investors. And you want to know what its current rental potential is and what its rental potential would be after you've done some renovations yeah. to it to help yeah. those investors figure out their numbers. Yeah. That's, those are really, really good tips. I was just thinking of another idea. Um, we have a lot of renovation loan programs mm-hmm. and you can market it as that and say, listen, if you're a buyer who sees the potential and needs the home, but can't afford to renovate out of cash yeah. um, with cash, then you can lump that in with your loan and get a renovation loan. And I can set you up with that, you know, to get pre-approved before, you know, to buy. So there's yeah. definitely a lot of creative avenues out there right now to market a property that's not, you know, super pretty and in great condition. Um, like the renovation loan, like I love the getting the quotes ahead of time and marketing it as such. Mm-hmm. Um, that way people aren't seeing a $50,000 price tag when it could be a $15,000 price tag. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people get scared away like 
because they think the cost is so much when maybe it's not. So yeah, it's about educating. I, I, I mean, I've had this happen so many times, like somebody will come into a listing and say like, oh, um, I have to spend $25,000 on new cabinets. And I'm like, I just, I just had new cabinets installed in one of my rental properties for $4,500. Yeah. You know, uh, maybe they're different styles and whatever. But, right. but all I'm saying is if you get a couple of, of written quotes or at least talk to a couple of people that can give you some ideas, then you have something factual. So when a, a, an Very investor true. or a buyer says like, oh, it's going to cost me this much. Well, you can say, well, actually, it might actually just cost you about this much. You know, I love that idea. Yeah. I love that idea. Thank you, Rob. That's a great mm-hmm. idea because putting the numbers in front of them instead of them guessing is so valuable. And it just mm-hmm. makes you stand out better, right? It just makes yeah. you stand out like you know what you're talking about. And again, it's another opportunity to build referral you know, partners and to really build your, your connections and your network and your, re- your reputation for, for being the expert, you know, and um, there's always opportunities to learn and grow in this bin- business. I mean, that's the beauty about real estate is that no day is the same. No transaction is the same. You know, you're going to learn something new every single day. Um, and I love that. I love that my brain continues to be worked in this industry and to being able to, you know, pick each other's brains, you know, where Mm -hmm. I am weak, you are strong and vice versa. And, um, I love that. So it just brings such value. And another reason why it's great to be friends with realtors, they are your friends, um, and, and to use your network for those things. So thank you for that idea. You got it. I mean, and, uh, I think this is a great one for you because like, I've learned so much more about real estate from dealing with properties that are not in great condition. And and, particularly for me, like owning and renovating properties, you know, there's no um, replacement for that knowledge. Uh, So this type of property is great for you to work on because um, you'll meet and connect with a lot of people that have a different perspective on how to handle real estate than, you know, your traditional person who wants a move-in ready single family home, you know, it could be great exposure for you as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and surprising, right? So if I get out there and I market it on Facebook or groups or, or reach out to, you know, agents who work heavily in this kind of properties, they're going to be impressed by me going like this. Mm-hmm. And they probably wouldn't have expected it because I don't usually work with those types of properties. Right. Yeah. So I can surprise some people and they'll be like, yeah. Oh, Mallory knows her stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and Hey, you never know when you're going to meet, you know, an opportunity like that introduces you to, an, an, you know, somebody who you can do other business with, you know, absolutely. So, um, all right. So that is cool. I'm very excited to kind of hear how that plays out for you. Yeah, um, thank you. Let's talk a little bit about, we said that the third thing we wanted to talk about was this sort of the market from an agent's perspective. Because yeah. you and I had this conversation, you know, where are we and what are we doing? Yeah, um, yeah. How are you feeling right now? Yeah, so I, I think that um, I was telling you earlier that the, the, uh, the my, I'm, I'm less busy than I was two or three months ago, but that's normal. Like it's the mm-hmm. middle of summer and we're always like the spring, you know, the right. spring market is like, I don't know what to do because I'm so busy all the time, but now I'm just like at a, at a normal pace, which I think is actually really great. Um, yeah. but I, as I was telling you earlier, um, now is the time for us as agents to really be focused on 
what we're doing as we head into the fall and into next year, because, um, you know, the, these, the sellers that want to sell, most of them are going to be in touch with you six months, 12 months before they actually take action and buyers too. You want to be working with, with, buyers as we head into the, I want to be working with a lot of buyers as we head into the fall, because I think yeah. now is going to be the time to strike if you are a buyer. Um, but I also want to, I also know that a lot of those buyers, you know, might be, you know, in the marketplace looking for six months or more. So it's important yeah. for us to continue to keep our pipeline full. Yeah. Yeah. And because that, you know, October will be here before we know it. Right. So if we had somebody in May who reached out and they're like, yeah, I'm thinking about buying my leases up in October, mm-hmm. um, you know, and the market slowed down where we don't need to be looking six months ahead. Right. We can probably put an offer in and get accepted within a week, hopefully in this market that we're currently in. Mm-hmm. Um, so it shifts. Right. So but October will be here before we know it. So we need to like kind of be talking in August again and touch base and be mm-hmm. like, hey, are you still looking to buy when your lease is up? Um, you know, we should probably start the process now. And if you keep building these relationships for people who are looking in October, November, December, well, then you have somebody to touch base with in August, September, October for those closings. Right. So mm-hmm. um, even if somebody is not looking to make a move until December, nurture them, you know, making sure that you stay on top of mind, that you don't let them think that you forgot about them, um, that you just wanted to touch base and say, Hey, I just wanted to let you know that I'm still here and available. If you have any questions before we're ready to make moves. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's nurturing the pipeline because that month when they're actually looking to move, will be here before you know it. So it's, sure. it's definitely a nurturing process when it comes to those types of buyers. Yeah. I mean, in, this is probably something I've said a hundred times, but like the, the process takes more time than you anticipate, right? right? The actual process to buy a home only takes 30 to 45 days and same thing with selling your home. But I mean, what we've what I've learned over the last two, three years is that you could be working on getting to that point where you're ready for right. six months or more. Right. Right. Like um, if you maybe have something on your credit, you didn't know, maybe you need to pay off the debt. Maybe your loan, you know, to debt mm-hmm. ratio is not great. Yeah. Um, that part of that prep work. And I, we, I know you and I have talked about this a million times is just to talk with a lender, make sure that you're on the, the road to um, success. And that starts with your finances. And maybe there's something that you need to do, save more, pay off. Um, and that's part of the process in getting you there. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, keep, keep working hard. I and mean, we are probably going to see uh, over the next, I would think few years, we'll probably see the agent count reduce. Not by, not, I don't predict it to be by a large margin, but you know, a lot of part-time agents and things that, that uh, of people who are only, um, we're selling a few houses a year anyways, which to be honest is the average agent, right? Um, a lot of those people might not want to spend their time because you've got to work a little bit harder than yeah. you used to. Um, I but, think yeah. it's, that's interesting. You say that. Um, I think it's going to be a little opposite. I think that, um, well, I, I guess I see your point in regards to listing agents, right? Like listing agents, they just put a sign in their yard, you know, in the last two years and the house gets sold, but you didn't necessarily have to be a good agent to be a listing agent. Right. So I think that we are going to see, you know, 
agents in a different market. And it's going to be interesting of how they work. Um, Mm. You know, a lot of people haven't ever experienced a buyer's market. A lot of people haven't, you know, experienced a slowdown. Um, And like you said, if people don't love what they do, if they're not really looking to make this a a career, they will probably drop off because their closings might be a little bit fewer um, Mm. or, you know, their whatever their reason is. Um, but to kind of touch on just briefly, I don't mean to interrupt you if I did, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> um, um, but you had mentioned the slower, the slower pace and how it's probably, it's a good thing, but it's hard for us to adjust to that slow pace. Um, like you said, like you have business going, right? Like you mm-hmm. have deals under contract, you've got new listings coming up and I'm the mm-hmm. same. Um, I just had a closing. I have another closing Friday. I have another closing in like two weeks. I'm, you know, I have two listing appointments this week. It's great for me. Um, I'm super happy. I paid off my car Friday, by the way. Nice. Um, so that's super exciting that's with awesome. all these closings. I'm able to take care of myself, Yeah. but um, yeah, but the, the, the thing is we're so used to getting bombarded with buyers who need to see a house right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're so used to the pace of hurry, hurry, hurry. And when it's, when it's calm, but busy, it's a weird adjustment. You're like, I feel unproductive. I'm feeling like I'm not working, right. but it's, it's a great pace. Like enjoy it while it lasts because we might have another season where we are in, we have no control over our schedule. We have no control over our life because we have to show a house 30 minutes away in 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have to yeah. kind of be at the mercy of our clients and what the market is doing. So when you have that moment of being like, I can breathe and I'm being successful, like, yeah, okay, I- I'm going to enjoy it for a minute. I agree with you. Yeah, it is. Take, take a step back, but I mean, don't take too far of a step. Yeah. Yeah. You still, again, you still have to nurture these people. You still have to market, you still have to do these things, Mm -hmm. but if you can enjoy where you just are working from home or you're working from your office, or you get to have a little bit of personal time and a work-life balance, um, it's super important to have a work-life balance. It's super Mm -hmm. important to make time for yourself because you won't be a good agent if you're not taking care of yourself. So that slower pace is part of that self-care. Yeah. Making sure you're taking care of those dogs too. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. I agree with you. And uh, I think that, um, that, that I I think there's like, at this point in time, we're seeing so many different thoughts and opinions and reports and news articles, like what's happening. What's this? Mm -hmm. I mean, you got, I, I think just pump the brakes a little bit. Everything is, is fine. I mean, um, the market is from, from in Columbus, it's still strong. It, it's, I don't foresee us shifting out of a seller's market, maybe just slowing down a little bit. I don't yeah. foresee prices dropping. That would be unusual. I mean, you're going to see price drops and you're going to see, decreases. Yeah. yeah, but, but I mean, like as a value, as a market, as a whole values, you know, I, I foresee that to continue to rise. Um, Just at a slower pace. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to see 50 K over, you know, asking, we're not going to see crazy appreciation because we're Mm -hmm. not getting those crazy offers, but we are, the the market is healthy. I mean, we're still seeing, you know, a little bit of a rise and Mm -hmm. we're still Mm -hmm. seeing a couple offers on a home. It's not a buyer's market yet, but we're definitely buyers should be encouraged. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Not a buyer's market for sure, but, um, but a little relief. So, yeah. Um, all right, cool. Well, good conversation today. Anything you want to add in before we head out? 
I don't think so. I'm super thankful that the dog has been sleeping this whole yeah, time. So that is, nice. that is a big win. She's, she's right next to me and unfazed. She is dead tired. Good for her. Yeah, um, yeah. But I hope you have a good week. Do you have any uh, closings or listings coming up this week? Um, no listings this week. I do have a couple that are coming up very soon. Nice. Including a really nice um, condo that, that's near our house. Um, and uh, what else? Um, yeah, actually do have some closings coming up, but these are all things that have been I've been working on for a long yeah. time. So the seeds, your, yeah. those seeds are finally, mm-hmm. yeah. that's what it's all about. Yep. So, all right. Awesome. Well, well uh, thank you. Yeah. We will. Thanks for listening and we will talk to you guys soon. See y'all. Have a good Bye. one.